Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. We interrupt your regular scheduled programming to bring you Brad, Bradley, and me. A new podcast by Mobile Syrup. Just kidding, you're listening to the Syrup Cast. The Syrup Cast is a podcast、uh, by Mobile Syrup, Canada's largest independent website, in which we talk about the week that was in Canadian telecom and tech news. I'll explain that joke in just a moment. This is episode 172. We're recording it on Thursday, June 14th, 2018. Happy birthday to my sister Marina.、Um, this week, I'm joined by Mobile Syrup Managing Editor Patrick O'Rourke, now one of the Brads. What's up? I'm back. It's、You're、been a while, but I'm in here. Person. And I'm, in, I'm in person and I'm mostly awake. Mostly? Very good.、Uh, we also have Brad Shankar. Brad, welcome back. Thank you for having me. New player enters.、Um, I'm the other Brad, the,、uh, the newer Brad. You know,、uh, I go by multiple names Bennett, Brad, and. Other Brad. Mobile Serves Teen. Thank you for having me. Mobile Serves Teen Correspondent. That's true. Sometimes I do. Ha- heartthrob Teen Correspondent.、Yes. Oh.、Uh, once. Former、uh, Much Music VJ, apparently. Yeah.、Uh, have not verified that,、uh. but it said it on his <laughs> resume. So I assume it's true. Everything on there was, was real. I hope someone like Googles his name and finds out that that's not true. Shh. <laughs> well, they, you mean find out that it is true. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, that it is true. Uh,. So, Brad, Bradley, and me is a play on My Brother, My Brother, and Me, which is a fantastic po- podcast by the McRoy brothers,、uh, who are best known for their gaming work at Polygon and previously、uh, Joystick, which is, I thought, why it was a great idea to play on that, is because we're going to talk about E3, which is the Electronic Entertainment Expo, which just wrapped up or is still、uh, wrapping up in. It's the last、uh, day, I think. Last day,、mm-hmm. yes.、Um, so,、uh, just the format of this podcast.、Uh, Episode is really simple.、Um, E3, if you don't know, is where the industry shows its like the next games that are coming.、Um, if you've followed Mobile Syrup for any amount of time, you know that's kind of one of our passion side projects, something that、uh, I think across the board the entire team enjoys doing it, depending on like different games and stuff. So,、um, the three guests today, and plus me, We're just going to quickly talk about, I think, in really simple terms, like what were our favorite games, just kind of bring you,、uh, the listener, if you're、uh, into mobile tech but don't really understand this whole other side of it, what's going on.、Uh, Patrick, as the elder statesman, do you want to start us off? Sure.、Um, so, my top game of the show that I saw was shown off during Sony's somewhat strange E3 press conference. I actually appreciated that it was a little different this time around. It wasn't like your typical celebrity filled keynote. It was like low key. It was in this little、mm-hmm. tent、um, and they had like an intermission, which was kind of strange. Yeah. But my favorite game was The Last of Us Part II.、Uh, the Last of Us, the first one for the PS3, is my favorite game of all time.、Um, I really wanted to see gameplay footage of、mm-hmm. the sequel for, for quite a while now. 
Um, I feel like the essence of the first game was present in what we saw, which was obviously very uh, scripted, very mm-hmm. pre-created. I imagine someone played through that demo, I don't know, 15, 20 times, and they yeah. took the best take, but that's how these things work. Um, I thought the struggles between... Um, the, the sort of combat struggle that made the first Last of Us so interesting where every single encounter felt like you could die was mm-hmm. very present in that demo. I thought the graphics were impressive. Um, I thought the way they laid it out was cool. Uh, yeah, that so, was my favorite. For so sure. just for people who don't know anything about The Last of Us, um, do you just want to set the stage for what that was and why sure. you loved it so much? So the game, the game itself... Yes. Man, I'm gonna have to think back. Gotta bring out old school Patrick. Um, yeah. So the Last of Us takes place in a post-apocalyptic world. People, uh, they're not zombies, right, Brad? It's they're like fungus. They're like fungus is infected. No, it's actually people. based off of a real uh, fungus that infected ants. ants yeah. Uh, but the developers are kind of like, what if humans? Yeah. What if humans got it? So, uh, and it kind of turns them into these crazed beasts, right? And, th- mm-hmm. and that's the world that they they live in. Um, and the sequel is a continuation of the first game story. So some of the characters from the first game, um, mm-hmm. one of the key ones was Ellie. Mm-hmm. She was featured prominently in the latest gameplay trailer. Mm-hmm. I don't think Joel's been shown in anything yet, right? The very yeah. first reveal trailer, yeah. first reveal. briefly showed him, but he it kind of shown. like, what's his role in it? Some people yeah. thought he was dead, but anyways. So yeah, we don't, we don't really know the situation with Joel, but this is very much a continuation of the first Last of Us, but many years later. Because mm-hmm. um, I think the character Ellie in the first game is... She was a teen. She's yeah. like 14 or something like that. Yeah. And in this, this one, one is, she's 19. She's 19, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's a continuation of that story. Um, so yeah, yeah, basically the pitch is, what if The Walking Dead, but good? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> accurate. That's so true. What if The Walking Dead, but good, and zombies, but not exactly zombies? Yes. There's but like sort real of tension involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real. It's a lot like The Road, pretty much, if you've read that mm-hmm. book or something. It is. Sli- slightly less depressive. <laughs> yeah. But The Road is pretty brutal. It's yeah. a lot like The Road where um, the zombies are like almost half of the threat, but maybe even larger, a larger portion of the threat is the humans, like the other humans mm-hmm. in the world. So like they're, everyone's out there trying to survive. And you're not like, you don't see people and you're like, oh, someone can help me. You're like, oh, those people will kill me if I go near them. Mm-hmm. Well, that was one of the cool things about the first game was, exactly, yeah. was the fact that like, you're not really a good guy. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to survive, right? Mm-hmm. Every, everyone's just trying to, to live in, the, in this world. Um, and I mean, the impression I got from uh, the trailer is that will be the situation again, because there's some pretty brutal violence that was, right, yeah. was quite uh, controversial for some people. Yeah, so I think that's kind of the interesting thing for me was like Joel, um, he was really well done, uh, you know, both written and acted by um, everyone's favorite, Troy Baker. Uh, Man is in every video game. (laughs) Um, He did a really fantastic job with that character and that character was like the kind of visceral violence that he inflicted on people really made sense in his character, right? Which is, it's different from other games where like you're the good guy quote unquote but like nathan drake for instance just kills people at will he's the big world's biggest mass murderer he killed like i'm pretty sure he's committed genocide at this point (laughs) and he and the thing with him is he just ends it with a wisecrack which is uh they're (laughs) a little weird right which is it's it's a it's a great kind of foil to the last of us because they're both made by the same company right um so the thing is about ellie she seemed genuinely like a good person 
as much as you can be in that world. So I'm really interested to see how they kind of navigate through that character development. Yeah, it's going to be cool to see how they frame that because something has obviously changed, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, there's a number of years, uh, not in just the real world from when the last game came out, but in the games world. Because mm -hmm. uh, we're talking like 14 to 19, so mm -hmm. who knows what happened in that time span? Well, and what struck uh, what struck me the most is that PlayStation Experience in December, uh, Neil Druckmann, the writer and director on this game, uh, he confirmed the theme of this game is hate, where the hate. first theme of the game was love, you know, about the love between an unlikely father-daughter pairing, but this game is all about hate, so we'll see how that Ooh. relates to Ellie. I bet Joel and her had a falling out, that's, mm -hmm. that's my theory. And and that she hates him now. That's what, that's what I think it's going to be. In that trailer, though, they mention her old man, which you assume is Joel. So mm. who knows? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they talk about like how he. It sounds almost like he's like running the watch or something like that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, like, without spoiling too much of the first game, I guess. But the way that that game ends could definitely like fracture the relationship between Joel and Ellie if if things were. Yeah, they, if they, the truth came out. They kind of leave it open at the very end, right? Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah, so I would certainly say if you haven't, like, if you own a PS4, or even if you don't, just get one to play The Last of Us Remastered because it's, like, probably... That's so worth it, even is, today. Is, even today, it still looks fantastic, still holds up from both a gameplay and story perspective. Uh, but on that note, Pat, what were some other highlights for you? Uh, so my next one was Halo Infinite. Mm -hmm. Um I think that the Halo franchise after Halo 5 needs a bit of a reboot of sorts. Mm -hmm. um, I think 5's multiplayer was great. Mm -hmm. um, you kind of needed to stick with it to continue being good at it because that's how those competitive games work. So I, I dropped off after the first six months. Mm -hmm. But the, the single player story didn't do anything for me. I didn't enjoy mm -hmm. it. I didn't even like the mission structure. I just generally had a bad time with, mm -hmm. with the single player campaign. And Locke sucks. Yeah, Locke was not a very interesting character. Um, so I know that this was just like a sizzle reel, like it really didn't show anything substantial about the game, mm -hmm. but just the overall direction has me interested because it seems like a return to the series roots in a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and something that I, I talked about on Twitter a little bit after the trailer, um, was it reminds me of Halo's Macworld reveal from like 1998. Wow. Where there's like dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. um, and it's this very open green planet. And Master Chief has like the best robotic voice ever. Oh yeah, yeah. 100%. So, I mean, you saw like little elements of that. There's some kind of like dinosaur-like creature. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and it seemed very much a return to the original game, which mm -hmm. was focused on exploration. That was a big part of it. Um, so that that had me excited. Mm -hmm. I, I want to know more about it. This was like just a little, a little trailer. So mm -hmm. um, it's hard to kind of base your experience off that. Mm -hmm. um, and then the the last game of the three that we uh, decided to pick out is Skull and Bones from Ubisoft. Mm -hmm. um, I like pirates. I like pirate games. One of my favorite parts of Assassin's Creed 4 was the naval combat. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that they've broken off that portion and kind of built a game around it. Mm -hmm. I think there's some cool stuff that they can do in there. Um, and I think this they showed off a bit of gameplay last year at E3, mm -hmm. but this is a significantly more substantial gameplay trailer. Um, and far more fleshed out. I yeah, think. far more fleshed out for sure. Mm -hmm. It looked more like a real game. Mm -hmm. um, what I think perhaps most interesting about Skull and Bones is the fa simple fact that the game exists. Like, I don't think it's going to sell a lot of copies. You don't think so? No, I, I don't know how interested people are in being just trapped in a boat. Like, that's the whole game is you're sailing like a giant ship. I'm mm -hmm. not that interested in it. Yeah. Like, I want Assassin's Creed Black Flag 2. Like, I want a pirate heist game. Yeah, you want to be able to get out. I don't right. want to just be a ship. 
Mm-hmm. And see, I want the exact opposite. But I think, and this is just me guessing, I think I'm in the min- minority in that, mm-hmm. um, where that was my favorite part of Assassin's Creed Black mm-hmm. Flag was controlling the ship. So I'm excited that there's a game um, eventually coming out at some point, apparently in 2019, I don't believe them, that that's going to feature that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Brad, you've been patiently waiting as the original Brad. <laughs> what are your three picks? And why did uh, you pick them? So my favorite pick, uh, my favorite game from E3 is Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, I know that's kind of an anomaly with a lot of people in the office because uh, it, it is kind of hard to explain. So you'll have to explain it also for the audience, right? Yeah, what, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it is kind of hard to pitch uh, in that the story with so many spinoffs and whatever, it's kind of hard to follow along. But the general idea is it's uh, Disney characters, Disney worlds, so you have... Uh, Hercules, Aladdin, uh, Ratatouille, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, all, all these different kinds of worlds uh, uh, alongside Final Fantasy characters. Uh, Square Soft, Square Enix's long-running uh, Japanese role-playing game series. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a franchise that has no right to, make it, to be as good as it is because these two things are so vastly different, but it just works. It's, 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 it really is hard to explain, but... Yeah, you basically play as this, like, I mean, he starts off 14, I think, by this point, he's probably, like, a bit older, but uh, this kid named Sora, and he's basically, like, the chosen wielder of this legendary weapon called the Keyblade, which basically, along with Donald Duck and Goofy, uh, Mm -hmm. obviously two very iconic Disney characters, he goes across all the Disney worlds to basically free them from the darkness. So you get to fight original monsters and creatures, as well as, like, people like Hades from Hercules and Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty, so... Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is the f- uh, the completion of his story, Sora's story, which started way back. I think the first Kingdom Hearts was 2002, mm-hmm. 2001, so it's been a long time, and people have been waiting. This is the, the first numbered entry since 2005, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, so people have been waiting for this conclusion for so long. Mm-hmm. Square Enix has a really bad habit of taking forever with their games, and mm-hmm. so people, that's one reason why I'm so excited is it's, we're finally getting it. Uh, it's coming out on January 29th. It was supposed to come out this year, but they delayed it because they delay everything they do. Um, but it is noteworthy this time because it's the first time the series has had Pixar World, so Toy Story is featured prominently. Mm-hmm. They have Monsters, Inc., uh, they recently showed Frozen. They have Ratatouille. Uh, hopefully, they do Incredibles because you know that's more popular than ever now that the sequel's coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's a really fun adventure. You get to a really fun like action RPG combat. You get to meet a lot of Disney characters, Final Fantasy characters, and it's just as someone who grew up with Disney, like I've always have a special place for that in my heart. And then Final Fantasy is just my favorite series of all time as well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should also point out, uh, so or we should point out that uh, Haley Joe Osmond voices the main character, yes, right? Yes, uh, the I see dead people from uh, the Sixth Sense, um, right? And so it, it kind of, he kind of sounds weird at this point because he's so old now. I think he's like thirty something. <laughs> he was literally around the the age of Sora, like fourteen, when he voiced him, so it felt natural. But at this point, he's like. He's a, a he's a grown yeah. grown man. I've so, seen him in stuff lately. He was in uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, the last, that's what I saw. I think Entourage too, ago? right? Oh, he might have been. Yeah. He was in Entourage at some uh, point. But yeah, they, they do. Speaking of that point of the voice cast, they do a really good job of bringing back. Uh, I guess because Disney helps, you know, make the game. They uh, bring back a lot of the voice actors from the movies. Or so, like Mickey is voiced brilliant. by Mickey, right? Yeah, I mean, for the long, for um, unfortunately, the long running voice of Mickey, Wayne Alwine, uh, who oh. did his voice for like forty years, he passed away at like early twenty. 10, I think. Uh, oh, wow. Ish. So they've replaced him with someone else, but he voiced Mickey for a few Kingdom Hearts games. But yeah, they bring back a lot of the voices from the movies and when they can't, because obviously Johnny Depp 
costs like $50 million to do a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Mm-hmm. They replace him with someone who sounds quite like him. So you, I, I mean, you could have fooled me. I thought it was Johnny Depp. I'm I did like, too. I like, they must have like shelled out a <laughs> bunch of money to get Johnny. Yeah. I mean, it was only like two lines, so he might have like really nailed that like, delivery on those particular two. these two lines. Um, but yeah, no, I just, it's always been a, a favorite series of mine. It, I think it's quite accessible despite the fact that the story is kind of, mess at this point through all the spin-offs and sequels on different platforms but uh they are releasing a version uh like a collection of all the games on ps4 so you can you'll be able to play that i think it i think it kind of silly comes out the same month as the asking march 3 so you won't have much time to play them all but Mm -hmm. there is a collection of all of them on ps4 so you can catch up so if you're in the very unlikely venn diagram of i like disney but i also like japanese role-playing games what you're telling me is this is for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, so what were your other two picks? Uh, my other two were Marvel Spider-Man. Uh, that's exclusive to PlayStation 4. That's made by Insomniac Games. You probably know them from Ratchet & Clank. Uh, they did Spyro back in the day. Uh, they did uh, wasn't Resistance. Spyro, uh, wasn't Spyro um, Naughty Dog? No, uh, that was Crash. Oh. Spyro was in Insom- some the first couple Spyros were Insomniac then Activision got the rights to that as well but mm-hmm. yeah it, uh, this is we've always wanted a Spider-Man game of this level I mean because Batman's kind of gotten like the great treatment for video games like that Batman Arkham games are kind of like the the you know like the standard for which licensed games are made and we haven't really mm-hmm. had a, another superhero game like that and this looks like it's the first time we're going to get it it's fully open worlds the web swinging looks great uh, combat looks cool uh, they showed a big uh, demo at E3 where it was the, a new version of the Sinister Six, the iconic like six uh, villain team that fights Spider-Man. They were early in the comics. Uh, I'm not quite sold on the story yet just because they haven't showed too much. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to nail that in the way that Rocksteady did with the Batman games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I don't really like Yuri Lowenthal as Spider-Man. His voice just doesn't fit. You might know him. He's from a lot of anime Uh He's Yosuke in Persona 4, but... Uh, he's like everyone. He's yeah. the prince in, like, Prince of Persia. He oh, is, really? Yeah. Uh, he is... He's, like, in every game, man. Yeah, but he just... He doesn't really fit Spider-Man to me, but yeah. other than... So that's... That and the uncertainty about the story is why it's not my most exciting game, but Spider-Man is my favorite character of all time, so mm-hmm. I'm stoked. That game comes out in September, so pretty soon. Uh, and my other game was Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, we knew about that going in... Uh, we knew that Nintendo was going to feature it prominently, but we didn't know they were going to bring back every single character that's ever been in a Smash Bros. game. So the roster mm-hmm. already is over 60 characters. And I was not, you guys can attest to it, we were watching the stream out in the office. Uh, I screamed when they confirmed that Cloud and Snake are coming back because mm-hmm. they're my two favorite characters, Final Fantasy and Metal Gear, like two of my favorite franchises. So mm-hmm. to have those two characters back is awesome. Snake was not in the last Super Smash Bros. game. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is cool. They also confirmed Ridley uh, from Metroid, the big dragon creature, which a lot of people didn't think would ever happen because I'm pretty sure Sakurai, the director of all these games, said Ridley was too big at mm-hmm. one point to fit in the game because he's just a big dragon, but they kind of shrunk him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, just the ability to play with all these characters on the go with the Switch, uh, especially in the office. I can imagine productivity might go down with uh, all of us having uh, Smash on the Switch, but uh, it just looks like a fantastic you know who's not in that game though waluigi 
Yeah, oh, that's, that's true. That's the uh, uh, current controversy. I'm pretty sure there's he's a couple of controversies. Yeah. yeah, there's the controversy around Snake's butt as well. If you guys <laughs> His have butt seen just that. looks really good. What's the controversy? There? Yeah. <laughs> it looks flat. It, it was. It, it was good. It's supposed to look good. It was oh, rather flat, flat overall. Flat. Yeah. And then especially oh, so they changed it. And now it's very flat. So people are upset. And they're like, you can tell he's got huge quads, but no butt. Like, what's going on? Nuts. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Confusing. On, on the note of huge quads, you've been patiently waiting. Uh, what were your three picks? Um, so the uh, three games I picked, I'll start with my two games, I'll start with the letter F, but Forza Horizon 4 and Fallout 76. Um, and then the third game was um, Sea of Solitude, which is kind of like a somewhat indie game, but EA is publishing it, so I don't know if it really... Part like, of their like uh, internal what, indie studio yeah, sort of initiative. Studio down here somewhere. It's... Um, EA originals. EA, EA originals, yeah. So I'll start with that one just briefly, but it looks really cool. Like it, it kind of seems like an action adventure, like platformer game, like maybe environmental puzzles or something. Not a whole lot's been shown, um, but the more important part, I guess, is the story. It's written by, um, like the game director is Cornelia Geppert, and I'm probably am butchering the name, but um, and yeah, it's her in like a small studio and it's it's based off of like her like personal experiences with like loneliness and I guess depression and and how she says that like changed her into a monster was like the words that she used. And so I guess the game is sort of like redeeming yourself from being lonely or finding out how to get happy. It's it's very unclear, but it's something along it's something along those lines. And I think that that concept is really cool. Like um you guys probably have more examples than I do, but like games lately have been sometimes like pushing these cool psychological ideas in a way like Hellblade sort of was able to go, you put you in the mind of someone with schizophrenia in a sense with all the voices and stuff. And so being able to like play through these characters and these, um, you know, something other than like, I'm the hero, this is action. Um, I'm buff and strong, like a Gears of War character where you're just like crazy playing as something a little bit more vulnerable or a little bit more human like with emotion wise is is something that's really like intriguing and then on top of that the art style for this game it looks really fun um and cornelia the developer that you mentioned she was one of the best parts of ea's otherwise mediocre conference because she yeah. came out on stage and she was very overwhelmed by emotion she's like i'm just proud to be here i'm from the small team in germany so it's mm -hmm. just a very endearing moment yeah, to go back to like your point super about super earnest story. like it was really nice to to see. Yeah, could you describe a bit the uh, I think the art style because I think that is really something that has drawn people to it because there's like a great juxtaposition between the environment and the character. That's what I thought was coolest about the trailer when I watched it. Yeah, so I'll start with the character. I think everything's sort of cell shaded. It's kind of got like a a more pastel pale theme than Wind Waker. Mm -hmm. I guess would be like maybe a comparison. Mm -hmm. Is what I would say. Like, Still the same idea though. Like, yeah, in that vein. Yeah. Sure. But the colors are a bit more like pale, like, like primary is very bright. Yeah. yeah, like it looks like a lot of orange and blue and like kind of mm -hmm. tropicalish colors, which looks nice. And then the main character is like 
black, like dark black, like uh, like red or yellow eyes or something like that. It's like you, the main character is a monster in this world, essentially. Like everything mm-hmm. seems so happy and fresh, and then the character looks um, scary in a sense. Like it's mm-hmm. got like feathers or something for hair, kind of thing. Like it looks very, very different. It looks very out of place in this world, but that's, I guess, leans into the reality of everything being, you know, the character sees themselves as different in the world, which is mm-hmm. interesting. And then, yeah, a lot of the world, the scene looks like, it, uh, the, from the trailer, it take, took place in, like, a boat. So I don't know if there's, like, a lot of sailing involved or, like, sea monsters. And there's, like, you know, she's in a boat, she's sailing around. There's also parts where she's running and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. You had me at boat. <laughs> <laughs> Common theme. But, yeah, and I think that one's coming out. It says early 2019 for PlayStation 4, Xbox, and PC. So mm-hmm. it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if... The release date is early 2019. That's like, what, like six months, maybe? Yeah, so most of the games, I think it's fair to say, like the ones that do have release dates are coming yep. in like six months or now. Yep. So some, yeah. some are like generic, some point in 2019, right? Yeah. yeah. Like that was um, a running theme, but... Three I, games coming out February 22nd, 2019. Yeah, <laughs> the, the date to end all dates. But yeah, because it's coming out so early in 2019, I think we'll probably see a lot more of it soon. Like Gamescom, we'll probably, we might even see more there. Mm-hmm. You know, more that's trailers. soon, too. Yeah, yeah that so, is in Germany, too. Makes oh, sense that's to be there. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, because it's a German-based studio. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, Just from some pictures on their blog, too. It looks like a really, really small studio, like eight or ten people, maybe. Like, that's just from pictures, so it's, like, very speculative. But it seems mm-hmm. like a really personal project, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, you know, the last note I had here was a game about the human condition and, and maybe finding yourself. So that's always something that could be fun. And like, you know, games that leave you with like an impact like that is always, they stick with you, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other game, Forza Horizon 4, you know, if you like racing games, Forza's top tier, the mm-hmm. best. Um, they added seasons this time, you know, sheep get sheared. Every week it's like a persistent online world and the seasons change. So spring, spring. Spring, summer, fall, winter, you go through them all. Like, you know, the lake freezes over, you can drive to the island. There's, like, stuff on the island. Like, things like that is what they've hinted at. Um, that looks really fun. You know, I like Forza games, so that's super high on my list. It's also one of the few that's coming out this year. It's coming out October 2nd uh, for Xbox One and PC. So that'll be that'll be fun if you like racing games. Uh, also, apparently, it's supposed to have 72 players on the server is what I've seen a lot of reporting so for. Per, so they're doing kind of like a Burnout Paradise-style thing, mm-hmm. right? But on the official like game page, I think it only says twelve. The 12, same as Forza. Okay. So the reporting is saying seventy-two. The game page is saying twelve. It just could be It'd be interesting. Yeah, that, that would make a big difference. Seventy-two people on the same server. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, and then four hundred fifty cars, which is bigger than Horizon 3's, three hundred fifty. I don't know what that Horizon three number was after DLC, but still a lot of cars, a lot of fun. And then the last one, uh, Fallout seventy-six, which also comes out this year, November fourteenth. Um, and it's like an online Fallout game. There's there's really no other way to slice it. It's like if you wanted to play Fallout but in the vein of Grand Theft Auto Online, I mm-hmm. think this is the game for you. Is it is it first person or is it third person? I think that, I think it's the same as Fallout 4 where you can switch oh, okay. between the two. You can switch between Yeah, that's what it looks like. Um and yeah, originally when I first saw it, I was like, Oh, like this is cool. This is gonna be like Fallout Destiny. But the more that I've seen, and there's this really great no clip documentary on YouTube that you can watch, mm-hmm. and it seems a lot more in line with uh, Grand Theft Auto Online, like we've got 24 to 32 people in the server. They don't really have a specific number yet, but that's what they're talking about. And yeah, you can see everyone on the map at all times, like Grand Theft Auto Online. You can be like, oh, there's a guy over there. Like, let's go befriend him or let's kill him or let's do this. Let's do that. Who knows? Um, let's go build a base. Let's, you know, lure him over here. Or let's lure a bunch of ghouls to him and like see what mm-hmm. happens. It's like a big sandbox, which should be fun. Um 
but yeah, and I just like the Fallout universe, and I like Bethesda games a lot, so like that's that's super high on my list as well. Uh, Pat, have you been following some of the I think like reactions to seventy six because it feels like, or is it seventy two? I think it's seven. It's seventy six, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's a lot of negative. Yeah, because like, because mm-hmm. uh, Bethesda last year was all about single player, single player games. Mm-hmm. We're, we're the studio that makes single player games, and then like I was talking to to Brad uh, this year everything has somewhat of a multiplayer focus like there's a doom game too that yeah. i think mm-hmm. has a multiplayer angle. Is co-op yeah. yeah they brought out linda carter the original wonder woman in a video to to say yeah we support player one we're all about player one yeah. single player games so mm-hmm. yeah and, and i mean i think the reactions of the games have been mixed i like the idea of an online multiplayer fallout um i don't know if the elder scrolls online ever really panned out into what Bethesda wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. I know it's still around and they're still releasing content for it. Um, so I'm hoping that this game maybe attracts Fallout's core audience a little more, carries that over to the online mm-hmm. experience. They were, they were saying that sometime after launch, they'll add private servers. Would people be able to mod? And oh, then cool. you'll be able to, I guess, play almost like offline. I don't know if you'll be able to play offline, offline, but you should be able to avoid being griefed by other players, which might help. But also the... Um, Essentially, the timeline of this story is so much earlier than all the other Fallout games that it's unclear. It seems like there'll be no humans giving quests, which seems weird. It'll just be like robots giving quests. Does it take place right after whatever disaster happens in that series? It's 20 years after, and I don't know Fallout lore as much as some people, but I think that it's one of the first vaults to open. Yeah. Like, I think Fallout 4 was 200 years after or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is quite a difference, you know. Instead of stumbling into a world where they've turned a baseball diamond into a city, you're stumbling into a world where there's no cities. There's no people. So, mm-hmm. that'll be a change for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'll just quickly go to mine so we can uh, wrap up. Uh, so, the three I picked were uh, Sable, which is a really cool indie game. That has this? I don't know if you saw this one. No, Pat. I didn't actually. Uh, you check out the trailer after. I recommend everyone. It just has like this really great Mobius uh, style uh, kind of art style. Oh, that sounds uh, cool. And then it seems like basically uh, Breath of the Wild where you're doing a bunch of exploring. Oh, I did mm. see that. Yeah. yeah, I watched that this morning. Yeah, it looked great. Yeah, right? it does look really cool. Um, uh, then uh, the second one I picked was uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which is the new game from From Software. Uh, from Software are the developers of Bloodborne, which was a really great... Uh, um, it wasn't for everyone, but it was a really great... A really, really difficult action yeah. kind R- of RPG sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, with like Victorian era and like cosmic yeah. horror... Uh, so, you know, think of, uh, what's his name? Um, H.P. Lovecraft. Yes, that's the one. Thank you very much, Brad. Um, and then the last one I picked was just Ghost of Tsushima, which is uh, one of Sony's other exclusives. Um, it's basically, if there's a common theme among these, is that I love samurai. <laughs> and so this is basically Samurai, samurai Simulator 101. Um, and the pitch I would give it to you, if you've ever seen an Akira Kurosawa movie, he's the really famous guy who, uh, director, Japanese director who inspired George Lucas and Sergio Leone with, uh, a bunch of Westerns. Um, he did, uh, The Seven Samurai, which inspired, uh, The Magnificent Seven, the original, and then subsequently the remake. Um, and like, just how, like, you know, a lot of games say they want to be cinematic but this game actually felt cinematic in the gameplay in the sense that like when there was uh two characters doing doing a duel 
there was like it was so beautiful there was like leaves falling fire everywhere and it looked like you were in a movie so yeah, i was just gonna say those leaves are crazy the yeah leaves they're were, they're like as they're fighting on the ground they're like carving yeah, they're paths through the leaves the leaves mm-hmm. are blowing around their feet really it's like cool. whoa that's crazy yeah so um and i also like i love historical settings for games and i wish more games would take advantage of them like one of my uh, back in the day, Assassin's Creed 2, even though there's like this whole fantastical element to yeah. it. Um, the present day portion of that series has always like pulled me out of it a little bit. Yeah, but it's the whole historical tourism, yeah. which I really enjoy. It enjoyed. is really like, neat. People, I loved exploring Rome, Venice, and Florence. Uh, so that's something I'm excited about. Um, so shout outs, everyone. Do you want to start us off, Pat? Oh, man, I don't have one. Okay. <laughs> you, you don't have a Switch Minute for us? No, I oh. don't. I, I, I didn't. Give me, give me a second. I okay. always find so one. I will, last, I will do a second. quick switch minute. Oh, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Got it. Um, <laughs> Just edit that out. So quick, <laughs> in the spirit of the switch minute, uh, Grim Fandango is coming to the switch. Is Grim it really? Fandango, yes, it is. I sent it to you this morning. How did I not see that? Uh, so Grim Fandango, uh, if you've never played Grim Fandango, it is one of the coolest, best, funniest adventure games you will play. You don't need like much mechanical skill to play. You just kind of enjoyed the story and like solved the zany puzzles. It's a uh, classic point and click adventure game, right? Right, one of the classics and it's kind of set in the um uh Mexican underworld. Um and just filled with really great characters. They're really colorful. The writing is just on point and it's really funny. I don't know what the price is on that. I assume it's like 15 it, 20 bucks. It, it can't be that much. Like I mean that game's pretty old at this point. It's been re-released on a bunch of different a platforms. Times, yeah. Do you know if it's the PS for remake yes that they it's did. a remake it yeah cool. it's not the original yeah so it's like nice and crisp i'm definitely gonna play that because that's one of the like old school lucas arts adventure games yes. that i skipped for whatever reason yeah yeah so that's my switch minute I, I have one now okay okay it is fortnite for the switch i'm not into fortnite that much mm-hmm. but now that it's on the switch i think i'm gonna get into it because <laughs> yeah. that seems to be like a running theme in my life is like you bring a game to the switch and then i just end up playing it Mm -hmm. Um, if only because like the format of the console fits so perfectly into my life Mm -hmm. Um, I've played it a little bit Uh, in my experience it's pretty much the same as the iOS port Um, graphically it maybe runs a little bit smoother Mm -hmm. Um, but it's it's great to see that extremely popular game even if it really isn't uh, sort of my taste in in gaming coming to the Switch I think it's a great move Mm -hmm. by Epic and it's amazing for Nintendo given how popular that game is uh, Bradley, do you want to give us yours and then we'll, you'll finish us off, Brad? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I think my shout out would be like, we're all going to do gaming related ones. Mine's not related to the Switch, but like, uh, I'm How sad. Dare you. I know. Maybe, you know, maybe this game will come to the Switch, but it, it won't. But, all shout outs must be from the Switch. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was going to say Red Dead Redemption 2, you know, I just wish, I wish we would have seen something at E3. I know that it's like uncharacteristic for, um, Rockstar, but I was really, really hoping. Like, I think the game I'm most excited about this year is Red Dead 2. So I was hoping for just a little glimpse of some gameplay or something or something more than we've seen so far with these, like, um, cinematic trailers. Mm-hmm. But we got nothing. So my shout-out is to Sadness, I guess. Shout-out to Sadness. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said shout-out for all games, but mine is not a game. Okay. Uh, sorry to disappoint. Uh, I was lucky enough to see an early screening of The Incredibles 2 last night. Uh, oh. movie was excellent. Uh, Disney is one of those few companies that can make a sequel, like, 14, in this case, 14 years later, and it's actually really good. Um, it's been 14, 14 years yeah, since the, the first original one came was out. 2004. 
Uh, and it's the same writer-director, same cast. Uh, Brad Bird, he did The Iron Giant as well. Uh, it's I wouldn't say it's as good as the first one, but it it it's funny because, you know, Fox has the rights to the Marvel's Fantastic Four team, which is like the only family of superheroes there really is, but they failed that franchise so many times. So I mm-hmm. like that Disney's kind of stepped in and made this they're like a living breathing family they have their quirks they have their flaws mm-hmm. they had to figure out who's babysitting the kid or whatever and they, they take that to a very clever direction uh, in this movie so it's well worth the watch well that's i think as about a best like you can get like watch the incredibles 2 this weekend i'm still reeling that the first one came I, out 14 years 14 ago years. <laughs> god I, I, used, I used to watch it like on repeat when i worked at sellers in the electronics section because mm-hmm. they had tv set up right mm-hmm. it's just be like on all the time so i still have that movie memorized in well, my head and it's yeah. just crazy i'll just before, without going into a tangent just like when it came out in 2004 superhero movies were still relatively yeah. decent like they weren't booming and popular like they are now so mm-hmm. the fact that they brought in a, it back 14 years later and still made it feel fresh and different. Like, I know a lot of you That's aren't cool. really into superhero movies, like Pat as well, not so much, but I, I think you would really like this one. I did like the first one. Um, yeah, I, I sorry, I'm, I'm just still in shock that that was 14 years ago. I mean, I turned 30 on Friday, so... Uh, <laughs> the fact that this was released... For, yeah. <laughs> just um, uh, coming to terms with my mortality. C- can't wait till that's my birthday. Yeah. So, uh, shout out to death. Yeah, that's my shout wow. out. And so, sadness and death. Shout out to sadness and a shout out to death. What a way to close out the podcast. Video games really make you think. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you both for joining. Uh, it was such a pleasure to have you on. Um, where can people find you online? Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm mm-hmm. excited to be on my, on the podcast for the first time. Um, but yeah, you can find me online at the Brad Fad. Just the Brad Fad, one word. Pretty much. What everywhere. a Twitter handle. Yeah. What a Twitter handle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, my Xbox Live. Most other things are that as well. So if you're looking for me online, it's at the Brad Fad. If it works, why change it, right? Yeah. I My main goal, I made it a long time ago, but I was like, okay, I just got it. No numbers. I have to have no numbers involved and like a rhyme would be nice. So it was like, what are we doing? Like Brad sad? Like, no, that's not good. Like Brad mad, that's taken. <laughs> the Brad pad, like that's weird. But yeah, so we'll we settle on. It's like way better than my Xbox Live gamer tag that I've had since I was like 15. So you're you're on a roll. Thank you. I try. Well, uh, unlike the other Brad, I didn't put much thought into my Twitter handle. It's literally just my first and last name, B-R-A-D-S-H-A-N-K-A-R. Uh, warning, I tweet way too much about superheroes. Uh, that's why I picked The Incredibles too uh, as my shout out. To be fair, you at least remember your Twitter handle, unlike a certain other guest that has been on this podcast several times. <laughs> who, who forgets their Twitter handle? Who do you think? Rose? No. Dean. Dean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. His is like CW Dean or something. CW, which, oh. you, contrary to what you might think, he's actually not a big fan of the CW network. That's true. We tried to convince him to change that when I first started to like the Daily Dean or something, but he the wouldn't Daily do it. Dean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore O'Rourke. Um, where I'm giving my hot takes on everything. And uh, you can find my content on mobilesurf.com. You also find uh, Pat often, more often than not on Twitter moments. Yeah. <laughs> I was like a E3 superstar this year. Like that didn't even happen when I was actually at E3 yeah. last year. That's the most times I've been picked up by moments in forever. Yeah. Don't Don't ever say on Twitter that you're happy that there's female characters in a video game because the gamers... With a Z, don't like that at all. Goddamn gamers with a Z. Yeah. Gamers with a Z, we're in Canada. Oh, oh that's whoa. true. Whoa.
on that note, thank you so much for listening to the Syrupcast slash uh, Bradley, Brad, and me. Uh, we'll be here next week uh, where I'll probably be sad because I'm 30. Um, and you can follow me at Igor Bonifacic on Twitter where I'll also be sad because I'm turning 30. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Thanks so much and uh, take care. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 